Your call is now live. Yeah, the call is now live. That's what I wanted to hear on a beautiful Wednesday afternoon at 12 o'clock on the West Coast, 3 o'clock on the East. For those of you that are eating lunch, I'm glad you're spending an hour with me. For those of you that have already finished, um, and whether I am background noise or you're sitting around the campfire with a cup of cocoa and some of those little teeny marshmallows listening to my voice. Um, either way, it, it, it's going to warm my heart. We're going to have a good time. We've got an hour together. Gosh darn it. What are we talking about? We talk about um, client events. I'm just joking. We're not talking about client events. We're talking about building a successful team. When to hire. My goodness. Um, I'll tell you what. This has been the last class I would have thought I would be giving on a realtor open line call. Um when I joined CORE about seven years ago because, gosh, it was about this time of the year, and I had brought on my first my first hire, my first assistant, my first RP1, I would later refer to her as, um, which she really got upset because that wasn't her name. <laughs> but I hired her the week before I left for the summit, which was my first summit. So you can imagine how much fun she had um, taking over my business when I didn't know what to have her do, how to have her do it, um, what in the world the checklist was. She couldn't figure out all my stick-it notes. Um, and I decided to leave for four days, five days, um, to go back east. So uh, let me tell each of you, if you don't know who I am and you're about to see me next week, my name is Mike Wood. I'm a real estate agent and beautiful, and it really is beautiful right now, Reno, Nevada. Uh, we are just at the base of the Sierra Mountain Range bordering uh, California and Nevada. I have been a real estate agent since 2005. I uh, started by accident into the business. Um, didn't know anything, didn't know anyone. I had I had bought a house, which was nice, so I had that experience. Um, the reason I got my real estate license was because in 2004, our market was appreciating pretty heavily, and I decided that I would sell the house that I had just bought two years ago and go buy another one. Um, because you could get loans really easy back then. And I interviewed a real estate agent to sell my house. And I, like most sellers, knew more about the neighborhood and the comparables than he did. And I thought, man, if he can do this, why don't I just go get my own license and I'll sell it myself. And Sound familiar? Yeah. So it worked out pretty well for me. Um, I ended up doing pretty, pretty, pretty good in it. And... Let's see, that was 2005, so we fast forward to about 2010, 11. Oh, my gosh, I am getting old. Um, started doing short sales like there were no no end, no end in sight. I mean, just short selling everything. Um, got really good at it and built a really good, solid clientele on taking great care of people that were in really bad positions. Um, and I think what it did was it taught me that the name of the game is taking care of the client, which worked really well for the core training because that's really the crux of everything, which is cater to the client. Um, and I went to my first summit and was absolutely blown away. I thought I was a real big, big wig because I was selling, you know, six to eight houses a month and, um, 
making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and I walked in and I got deflated very quickly because the people in the room were talking about closing 20 deals in a month or 30 deals in a month and had this money millions of dollars and uh, and I went okay well never mind what I did realize over that four day because I played golf which I'm gonna tell you if you're not doing activities at the summit um, you're missing out on on a lot just because there's a lot of conversation there's there's so much that happens in just the camaraderie that um, you'd be silly to not take advantage of it. So that little tidbit is for free. Um, I, I played golf. If you heard this story, I apologize, but I played golf with um, one of the principals at the core, and I, I was just blowing up. I was so frustrated. I was on my phone talking to an escrow officer on a deal that was going to get bumped a few days, and I slammed down my phone and I hit a terrible chip shot that went over the green and and Todd Screamer looked at me and said, "Hey, you just need to calm down. You know, don't don't just focus on the game." And uh, I didn't know who Todd Screamer was at the time. And I turned to him and I said, "Well, that would be nice if I wasn't so busy." And uh, I, I look back at that point in my time and and who I was and what I had going on, and I realized that you know that's that's the grounding point. Um, to look back and say, man, it was just so stressful. You know, you've got that trade-off of making good money, but at what cost? You know, working until 7, 8 o'clock at night, getting home, having dinner, um, putting the kids to bed, and then going back to work, you know, going back to the office. Um, some of us sneak away to our to our real offices. Some of us are fortunate enough to have offices at home and printing out documents that you need to get to your broker because you've got 48 hours to turn them in, all that stuff, so all, the, all the stress. Um, and fast forward to today where it's, it's myself as a team leader. I've got six RP1s. I've got six RP2s. Um, we have just come off our best first quarter ever, and um, April was really good too, and May's going to be another record setter for it. So, you know, if you're in that place where you're stressed and you're working too much, it's just, it, it, you've got everything on your shoulders, um, there is a way out. And the way out is hiring. So let's take a couple minutes and talk about uh, when to hire, what it looks like. The, the funny thing with this call is that I have a bunch of you on here. Most of you, even though in your real lives, are extremely quick to have conversations. If I stuck you in a room with strangers and it was a networking event, you'd probably have no problem gathering five to ten cards. Um, very gregarious group, uh, a lot of Ds, a lot of Is. But then I get you guys on a call and nobody wants to say anything um, as if you're going to be judged by somebody else or gosh darn it, I don't know how to press star one, which is the key to getting in line. Because if you press the star button and the number one, Shane will recognize you, take your name, where you're from, and pause me, which he has the right to do at any point in time in this call, and say, hey, there is a question from somebody. Now, the trick is is that you all are are in a different space. So some of you are single agents. Some of you have RP1s. Some of you have RP2s. Some of you are small and want to be big, and some of you are big and want to be small. Um, I can help you with the hiring part, the firing part I'm not so good at. Um, I, I take a lot of pride in my hires, and if my hire doesn't work out, I blame myself. So for me, um, 
it's they're not really positions they're people and i i retention's what i'm going for and i would much rather work harder and sell more houses and keep people employed than um work out of a fear mentality and let people go so the only the only reason i let people go is bad attitude or bad performance one of those two things so all right so if you do have a question please um my talk is going to be very uh vanilla it's going to be very general if you like mint chip then i need you to raise your hand and say hey i have a mint chip question don't actually do that because nobody's going to get it except me um and let's move on all right here we go so going from an individual to a team the very beginning is the team leader or the agent going out and and managing everything so you got to do the prospecting you got to do the converting you've got to do uh the closing and then you got to do the following so every every aspect of the sale is yours and yours alone there's nobody there to help you um the very first hire would be an RP1 and the RP1 is going to take over um everything that they everything they can um including client interaction so anything that would help you with prospecting so uh taking care of the database um inputting gosh inputting everything for the CRM um and simply taking all of the information and handing it back to you so what that would look like would be coming in on Monday morning to a stack of cards that your RP1 had already pre-addressed that you're going to you're going to fill out so birthday cards thank you cards um anniversary cards anything that that is on your checklist um the RP1's also going to do the checklist which is the great uh, great thing about having an assistant um the biggest turning point for me on on a team or having something taken away from me was when i had email taken away from me about a year a year and a half ago that was by far the biggest game changer because it's such a time suck that um i mean the black hole of of email will simply eat away um at your perfect calendar so the rule is anything that somebody else can do 80% as well as you can you let them do especially if the dollars are there so the way you find out if the dollars are there is you take the number 2080 which is the number of hours in a year so it's 52 weeks 40 hours a week 2080 hours and divide that into whatever it is you made last year so if you made $280,000 then you made $100 an hour and I'm I'm not using a calculator so if I'm wrong and I missed it don't don't text me <laughs> so you got your hourly wage and an RP1 cost less than that so I'm not going to use exact numbers because everybody's different everybody everybody's market's different and um what I can hire on an RP1 for my dollar per hour may not be what you can so whatever that number is for a staff person if that staff person can free up your time so that you can prospect or you can convert or you can close those three things 
if they can free you up, then they're worth having. If, and here's the key, because a lot of you are sitting there going, yes, I understand I need an assistant. Um, when do I need an assistant, right? So the metric is based on number of leads and number of deals. So if you're an individual agent and you're closing three to six transactions on a monthly basis, and you are netting more than $15,000 a month, then you have an RP1. And, and that RP1 is going to handle, um, well, your listings, your database, your contract to close, and here's the best part, your calendar. So the calendar is going to be intertwined with database management. So I would tell my RP1 I need three coffees next week, um, and I need them to come out of my top 50. So my RP1 can do one of two things. She can go into my um, CRM and start pulling up my top 50 list, and maybe she says, oh, Shane's, Shane's the next one to call. And if she has a relationship with Shane, she can call Shane and say, hey, Shane, uh, Mike wants to have coffee with you. When's a good day time? Or she can go through the email. If you are not comfortable with the RP1, um, either being on the phone with the client, because I'll be honest with you, some of the best RP1s just um, don't translate that well on the phone. They're best being left to their checklist. Um, so they can always go in the email, um, and mine can do it as me, and send you an email that says, hey, Mike would like to um, grab a, a drink after you know Friday night dinner at the summit. And you you, you know my name, um, you're getting an email from me. So the conversion on that is, is actually really high. So having an RP1 just to take care of those things so that the team leader can go out prospect four hours a day, generate 50 leads a month, and then close three to five deals. That's, that's what the basic team leader RP1 looks like. And then if we want to add to that, my next ad would be another RP1. Honestly, because my dollar per hour is, or my ROI on sales is highest if I'm handling them. So if I'm handling my own buyers and I'm handling my own listings, then I can leverage my time with RP1s. My profit margin's higher. Uh, my business is more stable because I'm the face. Um, the problem is, is if I do it correctly, those leads start really coming in. You know, I'm I'm hitting my greatness tracker. I'm I'm killing the 10-4 form. I'm I'm sending out the letter of the heart. The EOS, all of this stuff is going. So all of the marketing is in place because the RP1s are holding me accountable to that. And then the leads start coming in, and I can only handle so many leads, to be honest with you, because I'm only one person. So once you have three, six, nine transactions going at one time. I mean, depending on how involved you are and how much the RP wants, you're getting about to the point where new buyers coming in that want to jump in the car become um, not as gold as they were when you needed the business. So you have to look to one of two things. You either have to get uh, a salary showing assistant or an RP2 at a 50-50. Now, in my case, I have both. Um, I went... RP2 route 50-50 for the longest time. There are some advantages. There are some disadvantages. Um, what I have found is that 
if I'm dealing with warm leads, people that know me, they are more likely to stay in the boat with me with the showing assistant that I've introduced through a triangle of trust at our, our first sit-down meeting in the office. So as long as the leads are coming in and as long as you have the money, so you're, you're getting the leads, you're converting the leads, you've got the money, you can scale as large as you want. The, the golden rule is you can hire as many people as long as you've got the money coming in for it. Now, you have to consistently go back, and this is why we do it monthly. You've got to look at your P&L. Am I getting getting the ROI? I want, a, I want at least 50% net on what I bring in. And it's easy to get top-heavy with RP1s um, quickly, and it's easy to find yourself um, without RP1s because nothing is perfect, um, nothing ever stays the same, and you're either going into a storm, you're in a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. So what I have found is the best you can do is create a culture that keeps people engaged, keeps people happy, and um, keeps them with you and keeps everybody looking for the same common goal to work together. Um, that will keep your cost down because you're training, you're not continually training. Now, I say this, and three of my RP1s are less than three months in the tra into the transaction side of the business. Um, we just had a, a shakeup of RP1s a few months back. So, um, you know, I, I can say it because I've gone through it. And I go through it, and I'm going to go through it again, and it'll be really good for a while. And every day and every month and every year is a step forward. Um, I didn't sign up for I, – I should restate this. Um, I did not realize that my leadership abilities and skills were going to play as big of a role in who I am or what I do for a living as they have. But the core has allowed me to grow into a leader. Um, I certainly wasn't one six years ago. I didn't know how to deal with people, and my ego got in the way. Um, I wanted everybody to say yes, and I wanted everybody to tell me how great I was. Um, didn't help. So learning continually and being open to new things, uh, reading, surrounding yourselves with mentors, having people tell you what to do. So with that, I need one of you to press the star and then the number one, and ask a question. Because if you don't, we're going to go through the 10-step hiring process. Shane, I got a bunch of I'm quiet... No I got, it's a I quiet crowd have a today, bunch yeah. of wall, I got wallflowers, don't I? Real estate wallflowers. Huh, okay. Well, maybe they can take some notes then. Let's do that. All right, let's talk about the 10-step hiring process from the core. Number one, create a job description that lists their top three responsibilities and what they'll be doing. You know, um, a, a lot of the problem is, is that people, they want work, but we haven't defined what it is they're going to be doing, you know. It's, oh, yeah, come come work for my team, and here's your desk, and here's your computer. Hey, i got to go see some people. I'll talk to you later. So, Essentially, a good job description would answer the questions, who, what, where, why, and when. So what is it we're going to be doing, uh, who are you going to be doing it with, where will you be doing it, why are you doing it, and when does it happen? So the more detail, especially for an RP1 job, 
gosh, the, the better off you are because they like safety and security and knowing what the next step is. Um, number two, you can do a, record a video about the position. So this is what the job looks like. These are the, the responsibilities, the duties. Um, these are the expectations. And I'll tell you, number one, you've got to set the correct expectations because it's just not fair uh, for the hire or for yourself. It's, it's a recipe for disaster. All right. Number three, ask for referrals from your sphere of influence. Now, you already do this, or you should be doing this, on the real estate side. You know, who is it that you know that we can help? Um, and maybe send out a video or advertise on job boards, post to LinkedIn. Um, I've always found that, especially on the RP2 side, if I start putting the word out to um, my RP1s, to title companies, and to loan officers, hey, if you know somebody that is a licensee that is really good with people but just hasn't figured out the business, doesn't know how to doesn't know how to prospect or but they're really good at converting, they're really good at, at taking care of, let me talk to them. I I'm looking for RP I, I can't say RP twos to a title officer, she doesn't know what I'm talking about. So I use the phrase um, buyer's agent. I'm looking for agents to join my team. Now if you're looking for RP1, you're looking for somebody that is more on the clerical side, um, a number of places you can go. But I'll tell you, um, Rick's made it really easy with StaffLink. Um, all you really have to do is ask your concierge to get you somebody at StaffLink um, and, and let them do the work. You know, honestly, I mean, we go back to that dollar per hour. You're going to spend all this time interviewing, um, you know, looking for the perfect one and your own uh, emotions and uh, who you are is going to come play into. Let somebody who's a, a neutral party that does this for a living go find you somebody. I mean, have Manesh test test them on the disc test. Um, please don't rely on your gut. <laughs> I say this jokingly from experience, but let somebody else do it. Um, and StaffLink's a, a great resource. Um, again, hit your concierge up for um, for contact over there. The other thing I, I have found that works for me, and it's going to be number four, is have everyone email their resumes in. And especially on the RP1 side, if you, if you give them specifics, so uh, this is what I did last time I, I put an ad out for an RP1. I asked them to submit, <clears throat> excuse me, a disk profile test and their resume on two separate PDFs. I gave them the email, and I asked that the subject line read, my name is blank, I am applying for blank. Very specific. Now, I'll tell you, out of 10, you can weed four of them out right there because you'll find the ones that just did not follow direction. I got one of two things. I got the, oh, I don't know what a disk profile test is, or... Um, I'll get that later and send it to you again. It's like, no, no, if this is how you're going to show up when you're in the application. I mean, come on, first dates, now I'm 51, so there was no Tinder. There was no, um, I don't know, I'm a, I don't even know the other one. So I a first date was a first date. A first date was you look nice, you present yourself well. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate it. Um, 
You know, you're on your best behavior. You're applying for a job. And I'll tell you, my biggest frustration is people just don't seem to want it or care. You know, <laughs> just to get off topic, because evidently you guys don't have any questions, so I got all the time I want to talk. Let me just talk for a second. Um, I've seen a serious decline over the last five to ten years in uh, people's ability to present themselves in a professional manner, um, their concern for how others see them or how they, how they show up. Um, I'm seeing it in my competition also. And I think it's a reflection of the economy going pretty well. Um, maybe it's a sense of entitlement. Maybe it's a lack of work ethic that is instilled. Um, could be any number of things. But I'm going to tell you what. If you want to work for me and you want to be on this team, um, you need to work as hard as I do. And I remember what it's like to work till midnight. I know what it feels like to leave it all on the court. And if you're willing to do it with me, then I've got room for you. And if I make a commitment to you and the market slows down, then I work harder because that's who I am and that's who I want. So if you want, you can qualify people easily through the application process by simply giving them tasks to do before they ever show up. Okay, now let's get back on task. I apologize. That's that's my fault. Let's go to uh, number five. After you have the resumes, you take the top ten that look the best based on experience, how long they've been on previous jobs. You'd like something three or more. You know, you don't want somebody that, that shows six months each time and then they, they complain that it was the it was a job, it wasn't them. Um, I like clean resumes, so I want to see something organized, neat. Um, and then obviously education. You know, um, I'm not telling you you have to be a college graduate. Um, I think real-world skills are, are much more important than a college education. Um, but I do like to see if, if somebody can, you know, pick up something new fairly quickly. So let's go to number six. Um, if you don't already have a pre-hire package, you should put one together, and it would be comprised of um, a list of questions that you would ask a prospective employee. Uh, maybe you go so far as to get an authorization for a credit or a background check. Uh, you'd like details on the education and, and their past job experiences, and you can pull those off of the resume. So you can say, hey, specifically when you were at um, the McDonald's, you said you worked at the Fry Station. Can you give me an example of one of the... <laughs> One of the times where you got really frustrated and how you handled that. I know, I'm joking. Um, the other is personality test. Um, this profile has been big for us. You know, I've gotten, in fact, my, um, everybody on my team has at their desk or workstation or, um, cubicle, they have a, um, a frame. It's a pretty good, at least the size of a, I let them do them all themselves. So they're all a little bit different, but they have their, the, the disk profile on there. So it would be, you know, an IC or an IS. And then it has their love language um, from the book, Five Love Languages. Um, it has their top three job responsibilities. Um, it has an example of how they like to be communicated with from uh, the disk profile. It has two goals for the year. And then 
it has pictures of their family um, and you know their pets, things like that. So that wasn't part of that wasn't part of this talk. Okay, that's a little bonus. These are little little Easter eggs for you. None of you have questions. This is very disappointing. Very very disappointed. All right, number seven. Only meet with three of the people. Yeah, Shane. I thought that was you, Shane. Oh, uh, we, we did have uh, one just pop in the queue. Uh, I'll be right back with the name. Okay. Yeah, you go get them. Convert, Shane. Convert. Uh, only meet with, with three of the people based on the results of the pre-hire package. Uh, perform a reference check, obviously, based on their last three bosses. Uh, we like to tell people what they should know about about prospective employees or past employees. I mean, I mean that's the, easy, the easiest way is to go to an ex. I mean, didn't you ever date somebody where you wish you had spoken to the ex because afterwards you found out the ex's story was probably a little bit more real than the one you got? Um, have other people in your company do one or more interviews? I do have somebody from my team take them to uh, Starbucks. And they have a conversation. They tend to let down their guards, and sometimes the crazy comes out. Um, and and my my staff, my team has done a better job interviewing sometimes than I have. Um, and then you make a final decision and close them on the job. All right, Shane, here's your chance, buddy. All right, we have a question from Pin. Go ahead. Hi, What's Mike. going on? How are you, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm amazing. Awesome. Uh, my name is Ken. I am a student with Ryan, and this is my first call. I just joined the nice. course. Yeah, I'm excited. It's are you well. going? Hey, are you going to the summit? I'm not. You're not. Okay, you're going to go no, to the no. November summit. Is that, I'm planning on yeah, it's one uh, yeah. I think it was. Is it November? Yeah, yeah. It'll be in November. Okay. We'll do some goal setting. Excellent. Cool. Well, my question. What's going is, on? Uh, regarding uh, learning uh, how to better interpret the DISC assessment. Hey, I I will tell you, okay, so how familiar are you with DISC? Not too much. I really just learned of it this year. I've taken it myself. I have had a an assistant uh, take it. And then basically, I looked at the results, and I wasn't sure how to interpret them or match them with mine. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you what, um, and this will be a plug too. Um, so call it shameless or whatever. So has, has anybody introduced you to Manesh? No. Faxi? No. Okay. So ask, and if you raise your hand anywhere, um, or if you text me, let me give you my cell phone. You ready? I am. 775-250-2007. And shoot me a text and just say, can you give me Manesh's contact? So Manesh is a third-party vendor that Rick brings to Summits. Um, he has some – the guy is like a – I don't want to – He's one of those that just he's so focused in this this one he knows it so well that he has he has tested um some of my past hires and literally told me do not do this and I went you crazy I know what I'm doing and then I hired and then a year and a half later I went back and went I'm sorry 
I'm bad. Um, so Manesh will not only explain to you, he does provide testing, um, and for for course students, he gives you know breaks and it's it's a small investment. We're not talking thousands of dollars. You know, you're talking 175 or you know, it's it's a small amount, and he he'll test you, and. I had all of my RP1s um, do this, and then he got on a conference call with us. And he'll ju he'll just sit there and go, hey, Ken, listen, this is the way you see things. Um, and where it will help is hiring typically is not a problem because people raise their hand and say, I need a job. And you say, I have a job. Cool. Now, really, all you're going to worry about is how much they're, how much they're going to make and what their responsibilities are, and then the metrics of that and how you're going to hold them accountable, things like that. But the key to running a team that is um, – there's a difference between a team and a highly efficient, uh, well-oiled team that executes on a high level. And the, the difference typically is the foundation, and the foundation is built around trust and communication. And Manesh will tell you, hey, listen, here's the problem, Ken – you want to go and turn and say, you need to do this because I need to get it done. But your RP1 needs you to turn and say, what do you think your best, your top priority is right now? And then you go, yes, that's exactly it. Let's do that. Uh, so sometimes it's them, but I'll tell you, more often than not, it's you. And, I mean, we could go back and forth on, on D and I can give you tips as to, you know, what a dominant or driver, and, you know, I'm a high eye, so I like to talk. So an hour of me talking into my headset on the phone is extremely exciting, where most people would be like, i got to talk for an hour on my phone, but I really like to engage with others, which is why I need you to call. Um, my RP1s, they're high, high Cs and S, so an S um, likes the safety and security of knowing that today is going to be another day and we're going to go have breakfast and then after breakfast we're, we're going to do the same thing. My expectation is this, the outcome will be within this range. The C has to have everything lined up exactly the way it needs to be and um, you did not check this box over here. I realize it's not that important to you, but you did not check the box and we cannot move forward till it's checked. So everybody has their own role and and in a, especially a real estate team, you have to have all of them. And the RP1s having the C and the S complement me being an I because my attention to detail is terrible. I'll walk into a room, you tell me to get 50 cards from 50 business people, I will meet 50 people, I will get you 50 cards, but I will never enter them into a CRM. Does that make sense? Absolutely, and I can relate. So, yeah, <laughs> and the funny thing is, is everybody that's listening, um, except for Shane. Shane's a high C. Huh, Shane? Uh, Shane, Shane, yes. <laughs> Shane, Shane. Shane likes everything organized. I'm I'm not a I'm not an organization guy. I'm a guy that just wants to go in and you know. Um, and shake hands and kiss babies and list houses and put buyers in a contract. But the follow-through of doing, you know, scheduling the inspection, making sure that you're hitting your um, all of your timelines, um, you know, your loan contingency needs to be up on this day, blah, blah, blah. There are different personality sets that are made for that. I'm just not made for it. So 
going back to the best use of your time. Um, the best use of your time is to have somebody do that, and the easiest way to find out who it is you're dealing with is to have them tested, but have them tested correctly. I used to send people to uh, Tony Robbins because he would let people do it for free and they could download the report. The problem was it was just too basic. It wasn't giving me really any in-depth um, knowledge. So Manesh is your guy. He'll take care of you. And he'll give you a, a free, you know, consultation and say, hey, this is what – if you just said, hey, give me a little bit more um, information, he's also got, I think, a three-page um, email that can go into a little bit more detail for you. Okay. And then at what stage do you do that? Uh, I, because if you're paying a service fee, I imagine you'd want to have at least some um, beginning so levels of... With the Tony Robbins stuff was free. So I had them submit it. I had them submit it with the resume. Uh, because, again, it gave me a little bit of information, and it's really hard for people to fake because the questions, you would get the same types of questions, but you'd get them many different ways. So if you can still get it for free, and I don't know if you can, that would be the cheapest and easiest. But I would bet you that if you're, like, is it just you? Yes. Okay, so you're you're a sole agent looking for an assistant. Yes, I, I've hired a part-time virtual assistant. And okay, then I have no, which, a... which is a great offset. Yeah, it's it's good. I mean, we just started last week, and then I also have cool. uh, an online marketing uh, person who does. Uh, he's and th and this is new too within the last month. He's standardizing my social media profiles, yeah, uh, and also doing SEO work, and then he's going to do my website. Okay, so which is great. And the funny thing is, and this is how long I've been doing this. None of that was in existence before. You know, I've got to have somebody now that handles my social media, and I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> what? <laughs> I just want to help people buy and sell houses. So um, all of those are important. You are going to get to a point where you need somebody that comes into your office with you. And in my case, she sat in the desk right next to me when I was in there, and it was a two-person office in a, in a large brokerage. And... This person is going to be intimately aware of your business, and you need her on the same page, and you need her to have the skill set that says, Ken, go see clients. I've got this. Now, if you're going to have somebody that has that much responsibility, I will tell you you are better off spending some money up front and investing in making the right hire rather than you trying to save a couple bucks and getting somebody that is a short-term um, uh, duct tape solution, which is what we typically do. We typically hire quickly because we have a job that needs to be filled, and then we slowly, we're, we're really slow to fire. So we see things that, uh, you know, like, oh, I'll put up with it. Uh, it's okay. I'll deal with that. Um, the more you invest on that front end, um, and you can do all of this research yourself, you can become familiar with what it is. And I'll tell you a 15-minute talk with Manesh, you'll know exactly what you, he'll tell you. This this is what we're looking for. This is what the score is. Send me three people after you've done all your interviews and let me score them and I'll tell you which ones you're higher. And it literally okay. is that easy. So it's after the interview, 
uh, process, the initial kind of pulling of the resumes and then interviews and then if you're going to get, if you can, if you can be fortunate enough in this, I mean, I don't know what your market's like or where you are, but my my market, oh, you're in San Francisco. Okay, so yeah, and and they don't work for peanuts over there either. No. Um, so you're making a pretty good financial investment in them. So when I when I got it down to under five, and if you called them and said, hey, look, you know. This is what I want to do. He's a very realistic person, but it's it's funny because all he needs is for them to take that test. He doesn't need to know anything but the results, and he'll tell you these are your two choices. You can the other three. Tell him thank you. We really appreciate you coming in, um, but move on. And I'll tell you the biggest thing for me, um, for the core to take out of take out of everything, is sometimes you simply have to yield to the knowledge of others and say, this isn't my area of expertise. You know what you're doing. I will do what you tell me. So let him do it. I like it. I like it. Cool. Right on, man. How's San Francisco? Busy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You guys had your first price decline um, in March in the last 83 months, and it was yeah. by 0.1 percent. I got married, and um, my wife and I got married in uh, City Hall oh, on a Monday. Right on. on a Monday at four o'clock. So um, the big stairs, and if anybody's on Facebook, find me. Just search Mike Wood Reno, and you'll see a picture of me and my wife. But go back and look at some of the wedding photos. My wife's um, very smart. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful town, though. Yeah, it's a beautiful building inside. Yeah, it really is. This is breathtaking. Cool. Hey, Ken, listen, since it's just you and me, and evidently there's nobody else on this call, is there any other questions you have about staffing or hiring, when to hire? Um, you know, a really basic question. I am new to the core. What's our I love it. Core? So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So the, the the trick in um, in building rapport is being vulnerable, and the fact that you admitted it um, makes. I really wish you would be at the summit next week so we could hang out. Um, real yeah, estate partner know. one. Real estate. So RP one is real estate partner one, and RP two is the real estate partner two, and the real estate partner two um, is the salesperson, and then the real estate partner one. Is an office person, so organized, and they're they're two different beasts um, entirely. Yeah. So the RP one RP one position is is your first, and that that job entails anything from, um, I mean, I have one on staff that handles social media, all the way to contract to close, which I feel is the opposite end of the spectrum because contract to close is, you know, making sure the timelines are hit and the, you know, those. They've got checklists for checklists for checklists, which I just it, I can't discuss it for more than five minutes. I go crazy. I'm like, I gotta go. I'm gonna see people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So real partner also, one. Thank you for that. Are they also uh, the transaction coordinator, or do you also have a, a transaction coordinator? So I actually have three transaction coordinators um, that that are assigned to uh, either RP2s, which is a buyer's agent. Or myself, um, and then I have my own buyers also, 
and then I have my own listings. So I, what I've had to do is I've had to go through and say, um, so here's the thing, is the RP2 umbrella handles everything outside of sales, which includes marketing. Um, and I can go back to, what did I do with it? I had a sheet that told me all these things. Um, so anything from, from listings to buyers, uh, database, contract, um, the calendar, so marketing, advertising, all that stuff. All that can be handled by other people. Now, the more defined their roles are, the bigger you are, the more sales you have, the more volume, um, the more deals, the more money, the more people. So I've had to get, I've had to go from one person that says, okay, the first hour I'm going to go through emails, and then the second hour I'm going to go through updating the CRM and sending out this letter, and then the next hour I'm going to handle you know, our, our two listings or my one buyer or whatever to, okay, this RP1 handles, and this is this is really what I have. I have an RP1 that handles my listings that start with the letter. They're either numbers, so 4th Street, 3rd Street, um, or the letter A through the letter M. And then another one that handles letter N through the letter Z. So if my buyer agent raises his hand and says, hey, I have a listing, um, I just say, okay, well, where is it? It's a, it starts with a Q. Okay, cool. Hand, hand the information off to this RP1. That RP1, um, does my listing presentation, sets the appointment, um, hands me a file that has everything I need when I walk out the door so that when I sit with a client, the client can give me the information that I can take back to the RP1, hand to the RP1, and the RP1 schedules the photos, schedules the lockbox, the sign. Um, the only thing I have to do is add some type of verbiage for my, my MLS remarks. And the only reason I do that and have not let that go is because I really like doing MLS remarks. I think I'm really good at it and people make comments of it. And if I were a much smarter man than I am, I would let that part go too because that's an extra five to ten minutes or per listing that I could just let go. So the trick is, is what does it do you do in a day? And what could somebody else do at a dollar amount that is much less than yours? And you would get as much out of it from them doing it, and it would free you up to go fill up a 10-4, fill up a greatness tracker, um, get some more buyers in the car, get some more leads, convert some more deals. So if I can, what's your average price point? Let me ask you that, Ken. Just give me a, give me a dollar. Statistically, uh, it's a little weighted on the high side, but it's 1.6 for this year. Like, like four people just spit coffee out of their mouths when you said that. Okay, so that's, that's a phenomenal number. So let me, let me ask you, if, if I could free up two hours a day for you, five days a week, if I can give you 10 extra hours in a week, could you, that's 40 hours in the month, could you go find me one buyer or seller if I gave you 40 hours in a month, could you go get me one buyer, one seller? Absolutely. Okay, so, so if you could do that, and you're at a 1.6, and let's say that, let, let's go really low. Let's say you're oh, getting 2% sorry, on a buy side. 
Oh, yeah, never mind. Damn it, Ken, you screwed the whole analogy up. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> well, let's, so let's, dro- let's drop you down to a million. Um, let's okay. push it a million at a 2.5. So let's say your each deal is 25 grand into your pocket, which I know it's not. If, if we're using statistics, then it's higher. So that person to free up two hours a day is probably going to cost you less than $300,000. Would that be a fair statement? Yes. Okay, so if you take that thinking and simply apply it to everything. So I have students that um, spend their time doing mundane tasks because they have never thought of having somebody else do it for it. I'll give you a great example. How much time do I have? We still have 12 minutes. I I am completely on board with hiring. I mean, that's... I would. I have my whole list of everything I'm, I'm ready to offload. It's really just a matter of getting those. Cons- I'm two years into the business, so my business is not consistent. I still have my peaks and valleys, so that's never well and to, to even that out. I like the fact that you're supplementing um, these tasks that would take time with somebody else doing them. You know, um, outsourcing. The, to a TC, that that's a great way to not bring on, you know, um, for the lack of a better word, a burden of a payroll. Because I'll tell you, the first uh, the first RP one I brought on, um, I mean, I would, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and say, man, I'm responsible for somebody else's income. You know, this is it's it really is scary. So um, once you get past that fear and you start getting that momentum going and you start building and then you realize that that your additions are simply team members that are out for the common goal, which is more business. Um, it's pretty amazing. Cool. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you um, having the whatever. I can't say it on the call, but to press the number one after the pound or the, the star key. I'll see you in November. And then thanks, Mike. You got it. Have a great day. You too. Shane. Hey, we do have another question. In the queue, that comes from uh, another Mike. Go ahead. Mike. Mike, you there? Mike. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, there you are, brother. Mike, it's Mike Trevenia from Las Vegas. How are you? Hey, brother. Good, good. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Same here. Thank you. I'm excited. So there are so many questions, and I know a lot of it will get answered with time. But uh, first quick question, on the dispersonality test, are there any books, anything we can I can look into or read to learn more about it? I'm, I'm pretty familiar with it. I've been learning about it for a while now. But it, to well, enhance that I, knowledge, I, anything in mind? I will, yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, everything I've learned has, has honestly come either from Manesh or from me, pulling up like Tony Robbins, stuff like that. Um, right. I could tell you to do exactly uh, what I would normally do, which is I literally did it with um, the phrase ride or die this morning because I had an argument with somebody. I would go to Google, and I'd be like, where did this come from? What is this? How do I? That's why it's so silly. You know, I used to have encyclopedias. But instead of doing that, because you're going to be in the same room with this guy next week, um I'll just introduce you to Manesh, and then all you need to do is say, hey, look, um, how do I – I'll guarantee – he's got a book called Stop Hiring Losers. 
which <laughs> I'll bring it with me. I'll give it to you. Um, yeah, there's no sense in you. You're going to spend more time trying to find out information on your own. Just go to him, and he'll tell you, hey, this is what you have to do. Here's the stuff. I'll email it to you. Boom. Um, the great thing about this this organization, and um, God bless Rick for putting it together, is that all of the all of the golden tickets, uh, everything you need, is is shared. And what makes one of us more successful than the other um, could be a combination of being charismatic, um, implementation, attention to detail. But none of us have a secret that we're not willing to give to somebody else. And if you're willing to implement it, then that's probably going to be the difference between your success and your staying exactly where. So I'll get you hooked up with Manesh at the summit, and that will absolutely take care of everything for you. Got it. Now, uh, my second quick question is, uh, I appreciate the answer for that. Um, last year, I committed, and I, I've always had a part-time assistant. Last year, I committed, and I hired a full-time assistant. Okay. And right into the fourth or fifth month, my business cash flow dropped. So I had to let her go, and it was a miserable experience for me. Like you said, when you wake up in the morning and you feel someone else is relying on you, um, right. How do we secure that, or over, not overcome it, but how do you secure that it's not going to happen again, or just? I guess, uh, <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm going to tell you, um, the the second, actually, last year, for me, was not as good as 2017. I did better in 2017 than I did in 2018. That was the first time uh, since I joined the core where my numbers hadn't gone up and, and dramatically. But I'll tell you, they're, they're back again this year. Um, so there were some times, especially October, November, December, where, you know, you look out the window and it's we were freezing cold and there was snow and, and it didn't look all that great. But the trick is you pay attention to the profit loss. You do the work. Uh, you keep your head down. Uh, stay in your own lane. Go really fast. Do things like, like Ken said, on the transaction coordinator side, if you can outsource it and simply pay a, a dollar per file um, to, to keep your cash flow in line. You just have to be extremely diligent, and fear has to motivate you instead of make you um, – I, I know somebody that, that fear cripples them. I mean, it's, the more they think about it, the worse their performance. But I'm the opposite. The more I think about it, the more it makes me, you know, I got to go make more phone calls. I got to go somewhere houses, that kind of thing. So it's all mindset, man. This, this, this is all a game. It's, all of life is a game. You're only, you, you get, it's like playing pinball. Um, when I was a kid, pinball was a big deal. You know, you start out with, with three balls. Sometimes you pull that thing and it just goes, drains right down the middle between the flippers. And that's it. Now you're down to two. Sometimes you get an extra one. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I don't know how long you're going to be here. I'm going to have as much fun. I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm going to make as big of an impression on as many people's lives as I can. Now, for me, it's no longer about can I pay my bills or, you know, can I get a new car or any of that stuff. I've gone past the on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm I'm, I'm reaching – I'm not close, and, and don't give me a hard time because I'm saying this, but it's no longer about – you know, the the basics. It's not food, clothing, and shelter. Now it's about helping others. And it's not just clients. It's it's bringing on people and changing their lives that are on my team. So mindset, that's the, that's the key, Mike, mindset. 
Got it. Okay. Thank you. Are you excited? Uh, you're very excited, yeah. Nervous and excited, yeah. but it's, it's positive. Okay. It, understand, everybody's nervous and everybody's excited. Remember when yeah. you were a little kid and you came up and there were other little kids playing and you said, can I play? That's, that's <laughs> Be that person next week and you will leave with more information. And I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. So cool. Uh, All right. Thank you, brother. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Yeah. You've got it. Shane, Shane, do you have anybody else? Oh, we sure do. Next up is a question from Angelo. Go ahead. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Good, brother. What's going on? Man, uh, doing good. Doing great, actually. We'll be there next week. Uh, we're kind of returning back into the fold, for uh, at least for me. My wife came over. So, and she's kind of acting as my RP1 right now. We oh, yeah. probably need one more RP1. But yeah. my question is not so much an RP1 question. Like, I don't feel we're real far off from really needing an RP2. Okay. And but my question is, is outside of just showing, do you have your people, like, responsible for actually prospecting? I mean, I you know, I feel like I can give them leads, but also want them to bring something to the table as well. Or Man, just I, I, I will tell you that that is the that's the secret sauce right there. So, and we could spend an hour on the showing assistant versus the RP2 versus, and I, I have some people that do this, where they hire a licensee as an RP1, but the person is very personable and also acts as a showing agent sometimes when they need, kind of fill in, you know, and then if they sell a house, they get a bonus. But here's the thing. Let's pretend that you go RP2 50-50, you bring over a buyer's agent because you have leads that need to be catered to because you don't have time. And that's typically what happens is I got more leads than I can than I can handle. Now, realistically, most of them are coming from really crappy lead sources and they don't work out, but we feel guilty because somebody's not calling them and, you know, there is that one needle in the haystack that somebody could have got. So we bring on buyer's agents. If you want to make them productive, you have to set proper metrics for them. And it could be one deal a month. It could be two deals a month. You have to train them. So you're going to have to do some role playing. You have to have uh, meetings with them at, at least once a week to go over their pipeline, how many leads they get, where they come from, things like that. And I'm, I'm speaking really quickly because I notice there's only two minutes left, and I, I really want to be respectful of everyone's time. I'm willing to stay um, after. So now that I've said that, um, what I do is this, is they leave every week with a 5-2, which is a 10-4 cut in half. I want them to meet five new people, and I want to gift two people. And then their spouse gets something every two weeks, just like I do, right? I want them to fill out a greatness tracker. They are responsible for their own lead tracker for the month, and they have metrics, so they have a goal. It's two current client referrals, two past client referrals, two past, you know, the same thing. So at the bottom of their lead tracker under goals, they have numbers. They have very specific targets. I also give them the um, 10 realtor laws, and then once every three months, we'll go through and they will score themselves on the 10 realtor laws. And those, everything on the 10 realtor laws is, those are all prospecting techniques. Those are things to do to engage. Um, if you do that, 
and you role play with them. You teach them how to prospect, which is lead generation. You teach them how to convert. And then I'm going to throw one more thing in that you may or may not be aware of. Um, my guys also have to do a profit and loss and a personal family budget. So they'll do a pay log, carry it over the profit loss, and a personal family budget. Because if they work for me and they make money, they need to be saving it. Because in three years or four years, if they can't look back and say, this is the change that has happened, like I can look back and say specifically under Rick Ruby's authority, I have gone from having $275,000 in the bank to $2.6 million. Now, do you think I'm going to leave Rick after he has made that change in my life? No. No, that, and, and that is a that is a truthful and honest answer because the answer is no. So we as real estate agents have a tendency to think that the value that we bring to an RP2 is the leads. And the biggest the biggest trick for me was realizing that that, that wasn't the case. Uh, what what I brought was security. I mean, if I can teach you how to how to do this business, the business is going to be around long after I'm gone, and you'll have a job, and you'll be able to take care of your family, and I'm going to teach you how to run a business. I'm going to teach you how to save money. And if I do that and I invest in you, the chances of you jumping ship because somebody's going to give you a better split goes down significantly. So that's how I've built the successful team. And and you can, you can just simply coach them the same way you get coached, hold them to – you know, metrics that are adjusted a little bit for them. But if you provide and teach and lead, uh, that'll, that'll, that'll keep it from going the way everybody else goes, which is everybody else brings on buyer's agents and then they complain because they left six months later. Does that help? Yeah, and we've gone through that, and I don't, I don't, we don't do any Internet leads. So, like, the, only, the thing that concerns me is, it's like, yeah, sometimes I feel like I have more leads that, that, that we just produce through open houses or, you know, or spear or whatnot. And then sometimes it doesn't. And, like, there's some stuff that feels really good, like good leads that, that I just let fall through the crack. But I, I don't know where to, like, tell them to go get their own leads from. I mean, like that's, I guess. Well, it, like it, starts with a data, it starts with a database. And it ends with a database. Right? So people yeah. that know you, like you, and trust you. And the way they start the database is they go through their phone, and they start at A, and they go through Z, and they create a spreadsheet. Now, in, in my case, they put it into a CRM. They each have access to their own CRM. The, the name of the game is is building and refining your database constantly. And it doesn't ever end. There is no finish line. So... That that's what you do. You say, take every name out of that phone that you could call and say, I'm in a jam. I need your help. Because honestly, I am in a jam. If you know anybody that wants to buy or sell real estate in Reno, Nevada, I'd appreciate you letting me know and giving them my name and number. But please let me know so I can reach out to them. And that's the conversation that they need to have with everybody that they know. And the only way they're going to do it is if they put those contacts in one place, they um, put in systems that allow them to make those contacts uh, happen because you and I both know they won't. 
and there has to be some type of accountability. And that's where those forms come in. So the greatness tracker, the 10-4, uh, the lead tracker, all that stuff. The thing is, is that you have to be, gosh, uh, for the lack of a better word, you have to be the disciplinarian. You have to be the boss. You have to be the dad. And you've got to, to love on them enough to push them. Yeah, and I could use some work in that. In that no, we all could. Life. We all could. Pressure's not a bad thing. Huh. Mike, this is April, Angelo's wife. Um, I don't. I know we're a little after the time, so I don't know if you need to move on to something else or not. No, it's just Jim Bass going to be mad at me. But that's okay. It's not the first time Jim Bass going to be mad at me. <laughs> okay. You mentioned that you just hired three new RP1s. Yeah. Um, so I guess you you said you you had some turnover in your office, and we've we've gone through that um, several times as well. What's what did you have any takeaways or any lessons from this last turnover that that you learned from it, or that you can share with a lot? Like, do you keep your RP? Do you plan to keep your RP ones long, or do, are they just a twelve month? No, the I, the idea is is that I I want you to stay forever. Now, this isn't the ideal, and, and the problem is, is when you have a lot of people, sometimes personalities don't necessarily match. So we do team events on at least every two months. Um, I buy them. We do potlucks. We do employee of the month. We do a praise um, box with a notepad in it. So if somebody did something great, I could say, hey, Angelo was awesome. He showed my clients some houses. Um, then I pull a name out of there, and we, we read all the compliments. And then one of them randomly gets gets a fifty dollar um, you know bonus for being so so I do a lot of things that are centered around the team about the culture um, keeping people engaged keep keeping people here. I will tell you the biggest takeaway is that if you send out and and you should at least every six months send out a uh, like a culture test. Core has a culture test that says, you know, how am I as a leader? How are you as a as a team member? Um, what do you? What's your biggest challenge? What's your biggest frustration? You know, if you could change one thing, because I I want them to I want them to share. They try to protect you. You know, they don't want to tell you things. Um, if a couple of them are saying something, you should listen. That's that's without getting into specifics. Sometimes all you have to do is listen. You got anything else? No. Thank you so much for sharing that. No, you got it. Appreciate it. Awesome. And I'll see you guys uh, next week. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Me too. Shane, buddy, my man, you got anything else? Uh, We do one from uh, Ashley. Go ahead. Hey, Ash. Hey, how's it going? Can you hear me? Yeah. Perfect. This is Ashley Scrubs from Seattle, Washington. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? Awesome. Thank you so much for all your knowledge. I appreciate it. Oh, you got it. Yeah. Hey, so I know we're a few minutes past. I don't know if this question is something that might take longer, but a um, little about me. I've been in the business two years. I hired an assistant part-time last year. Uh didn't work out, and I just hired a full-time uh, EA um, February. So it's going quite well. I've brought back my time. Everything's pretty good. Um, My questions, though, and some of the stuff I'm having a hard time with is I have her on salary, 
but there are times where, and I also have it as a 1099, so it's kind of tough because I can't really, you know, be very forward about what hours I expect her to be there, so I'm kind of seeing a pattern start where she's going to cut out a little early. So I'm thinking about switching her over to hourly and so I can track the hours better, but that sounds like quite the time-consuming project. So I wanted to see if you had any tips or tricks of how to handle that. Uh, the tips tips or tricks to handle that is you feel that somebody's taking advantage of you and you don't want to be mean. Possibly. Um, she's a good fit. She's about a 80% overall. It's it's good. Attitude's good. The, work, the process is pretty good. But I think she realizes she's a 1099. So, you know, longer lunches, not coming in right on time, leaving a little early. So, I'm considering maybe switching to hourly, but I was just wondering. I'm assuming you've gone back and forth through hourly and salary with, with many people. So what is yeah. Your well, and it's it, it's it, I'll tell you, it's an amazing tool because it allows us to avoid um, pain. And the the reason we do it is because um, if they track their hours, then we question whether or not. They really did work those hours, and gosh, I called the office at 4:45, and nobody was there. And why did you say you worked till five o'clock, and um, all that stuff? So we moved them to salary, and we, now we don't have to track hours. Now we'll just you know pay the same, and uh, but we still run into that. Hey, my expectation is is this, and what I'm seeing is this, and the reason it's causing frustration for you is because you want to avoid the conflict. And your life and this isn't this isn't just about this employee and this isn't about this. I will tell you the biggest thing you can do is to voice your opinion or your concerns when something doesn't sit right with you. And it is much scarier than getting on a call with 140 people listening to you when you've got 60 minutes to talk and everybody wants to talk in the last seven minutes, right? Because you know you're going to go over then and then you're going to get yelled at because there's only supposed to be an hour call. So whenever something like that happens, you've got to be a boss and you've got to say, hey, no. Um, maybe I'm misinterpreting um, my expectation was that you would be here from this time to this time with an hour lunch. Now, did I not make that clear? Is there something I'm missing? Um, life and happiness can be based around one's expectations and how others meet those expectations. So the, the key to happiness is lower your expectations, right? Or... Be, be okay and say, and, and this is what you should say, it's your business, it's your money, it's your team member, it's your job to make sure that your expectations are heard and acknowledged, and I'll tell you, an 80% employee is pushing it at best, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so you're letting, you're letting mediocrity um, upset you. Now, the the problem isn't mediocrity. The problem is you. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And you can do it. Yeah. You're awesome. <laughs> awesome. Are, am I going to see you next week? 
You know, this is my first time being a part of anything like this. I had a lender partner of mine invite me to this call, so I don't know anything about next week. I'll tell you what, this is this is what I want you to do. I want you to hold on for a second. Do you have a pen? Yes. Okay. Give me I want you to call Vanessa at eight hundred six six zero. Six six seven zero. Okay. That's that's the core number, and and ask her for information on the summit. Because if you aren't signed up, I'm gonna tell you, and anybody who's listening is not signed up, you'd be crazy to not. Um, but yeah, yeah, do that. You okay. go do that. Well, thank you, Mike. Thank you. And have a great day. You got it. Nice. Talk. And thank you for calling in. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Big Shane. That was the last one we had them keep. We're it. All right, brother. Well, I, I appreciate you guys uh, sticking with me, and I'm I'm sorry to have gone over, but um, gosh darn it, every every person's important to me. I hope you have a great day, Shane. Sign us out, brother. Certainly, this officially ends today's call. Thank you for your participation. You may not connect. Cool. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you. Talk to you next time. Uh, bye.